This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Bits and bytes do connect our world, and we're talking everything ChatGPT, more specifically on what Microsoft has decided to do. You know what they I actually don't remember the exact saying, but they always say, find the winning card and make sure that you have something to do with it. And that's exactly what Microsoft has decided to do. They have announced a multi-billion, a multi-billion dollar investment in the ChatGPT maker OpenAI, the company behind the probably the most widely used artificial intelligence when it comes to being the rival of Google. Now, the agreement aims to accelerate artificial intelligence breakthroughs, and this actually comes literally one day after Google announced that they are planning to dedicate multiple billions of dollars just so that they can grow their very own AI when it comes to the search engine Google. Yes, now uh, actually Microsoft did not disclose the exact dollar amount of the investment, but news website Semaphore actually reported earlier this month that the Washington state-based company was in discussion to invest nearly $10 billion into OpenAI. Now, the new investment does extend their ongoing collaboration across AI, supercomputing, and even research, and even enables them to independently commercialize the resulting advanced AI technologies. And we do know that Microsoft, even though their Windows computers are their bread and butter, but they also have a search engine called Bing, ladies and gentlemen. And search engine Bing doesn't do that great. And uh, just like what me and I talked about yesterday, OpenAI and ChatGPT uh, is a very, very reliable search engine or even a chat bot now. And it's giving you information at the click of a button even quicker. And even a lot of people are saying more reliable than Google themselves. So obviously, Microsoft would want to capitalize on, you know, OpenAI, who is the creator and the maker of ChatGPT, and get in early so they can actually have some market dominance when it does come to Bing or to Google. Uh, and OpenAI does even work closely with Microsoft's cloud computing service, Azure. And all the way back in 2019, Microsoft did invest $1 billion in the company. So we're not looking at this as a new friendship. This friendship has been going on for quite some time now. And they were behind the scenes doing everything a little bit low key. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming out guns blazing and they're here to dominate the tech sector. Absolutely. Microsoft did also add that they're going to be increasing their investments in the development and use of supercomputing systems to accelerate OpenAI's independent AI research. They're going to be deploying OpenAI's models across their consumer and enterprise products. And they're also going to be introducing brand new categories of digital experiences that are built on OpenAI's technology. Now, looking at it, when we... When we look at Microsoft as a company and OpenAI as a company, they definitely share a lot of the same values. They're both excited to continue the independent research and they want to work towards creating advanced AI that benefits everyone. We've seen that since 2016, Microsoft has definitely been very committed to build Azure into an AI supercomputer for the world to kind of serve like a foundation when it comes to democratizing AI as a platform. We've also seen both companies kind of pushing the frontier of cloud supercomputing technology. They've both announced one of the top five publicly disclosed supercomputers in the world back in 2020. And so now it only makes sense that they're both joining hands to go ahead and kind of conquer the world when it comes to becoming the next, we could say, AI search engine. 
Yes, 100% AI uh, chatbot as well. So again, we are looking at how Microsoft is trying to get some market dominance one more time because yes, Google is a very good search engine, but if Microsoft can do something with ChatGPT and make it as a default place to go when you want to know a piece of information, then Microsoft will have dominance over all search engines to become. 4215, ladies and gentlemen, let us know your guys' thoughts. We are taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about Donald Trump. And now he has presses Meet Meta to restore his Facebook and Instagram accounts. Future Talk. Future Talk. Tech Talk and the latest tech news. Only on Pulse95. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. It's been a minute when it came to technology and uh, former U.S. President Donald <laughs> Trump, uh, you know, for us talking about them, talking about him on the air. But today, ladies and gentlemen, former U.S. President Donald Trump is urging Facebook to reinstate his account two years after it was deactivated. And he does gear up for a third bid for the White House. And obviously, if you want to win the U.S. presidency, you will need social media presence. Now, in my opinion, um, I believe that Donald Trump does not need Facebook nor Instagram. Twitter was doing enough, and he was moving literally the country on Twitter, and his Twitter account has been reinstated. Now, quick recap of events that happened back then. Uh, the social media giant did ban Mr. Trump a day after the January 6, 2021 insurrection when a mob of his supporters tried to halt the certification of his election defeat to Joe Biden by storming the U.S. Capitol in Washington. Now, that has been the highlight of 2020 and 2021. You know what's funny is when Elon Musk wanted to reinstate his account on Twitter, he came out saying it didn't matter to him. Mm -hmm. He didn't care whether or not he got his account back. And at some point, he said that he wasn't going to even use Twitter, even when he did get his account back. So it's very funny that now he's kind of begging for his accounts on Meta to be restored, both Facebook and Instagram. I do hope that they don't agree to it because we've only seen damage ever since he began um, posting on both platforms. But the former reality TV star um, that was actually uh, spending weeks falsely claiming that the presidential election was stolen from him was subse subs subsequently mm -hmm. impeached for inciting the riot. And we've definitely seen Mr. Trump's lawyers, one of them being Scott Gast, mentioning in a letter that he sent directly to the Facebook parent company Meta uh, that the ban had dramatically distorted and inhibited the public discourse. He asked for a meeting to discuss Mr. Trump's, Mr. Trump's prompt reinstatement to the platform where he had 34 million followers, arguing that his status as the leading contender for the Republican nomination in 2024 justified ending the ban. He also did mention that uh, he believes that a continued ban would basically constitute a deliberate effort by a private company to silence Mr. Trump's political voice. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, we are also looking at how, you know, Mr. Trump's Twitter account, which had nearly 88 million followers as well, was also blocked after the riot, leaving him to communicate through his own platform, Truth Social, where he does have fewer than 5 million followers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we did see Donald Trump thinking that he could, you know, use Truth Social just like he used Twitter <laughs> and get the same exact support as well, but that wasn't the case. Now, 
California-based Facebook has said it would review Mr. Trump's ban on January 7th after two years has passed, but they will be announcing a decision in the coming weeks in line with the process they have laid out. And again, we are very excited. I am very excited to see <laughs> what will be unfolding once Mr. Trump does start his bid to be the next U.S. You, president. You said you missed him on Twitter. I missed him in general. <laughs> I love this guy. Now, uh, again, we will be seeing what will happen. And uh, hopefully, hopefully enough, we will get a decision soon because uh, this feels just like, you know, ending a TV show on a cliffhanger. <laughs> and then you have to wait three months for the next episode. But ladies and gentlemen, 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts. What do you guys think should happen? Should Mr. Trump be reinstated back into Facebook and Instagram or should he not? It feels a little bit funny thinking about it. I mean, I do miss the drama that he used to share with everyone. It, it had content for us. Exactly. It always, We always had something to talk about when it comes to drama on social media. Let us know your thoughts. We'll be taking a very short break. But when we come back, we're talking everything Boston Dynamics and the rise of the robots. Tech this out. Tech this out. Pulse 95. The rise of the robots. It's been a while since we've talked about Boston Dynamics. They are by far one of my favorite robot companies because they always create robots that are very versatile. You can uh, use them for a lot of things, not just industrial work, and a lot of people love them. But the latest, for those of you who don't know which robots are the products of Boston Dynamics, if you've heard of Spot the Robot, the robot dog, that's their child. Um, and now they have a new one, which is Robot Atlas. He has been showing off a lot of human-like skills, and they've actually posted a new video of him or of it helping out a worker. Now, Atlas the robot can now run, jump, pick up and even throw heavy objects and perform complex moves that may one day help humans in factories or even in construction sites. Yes, now, uh, this is kind of inevitable, ladies and gentlemen. We knew at one point in time, uh, you know, robots and AI and computers, they would all get together and, you know, occupy a warehouse. <laughs> and that's what we're looking at as in a newly video titled Atlas Get a Grip. The humanoid robot does grab and toss a bag of tools to a worker waiting at the top of a multi-story scaffold. And to some people, the new skills might not seem as jaw-dropping as we've seen before, like Spot the Robot doing backflips and another robot jumping up and running down a cliff. But the robot dances to Do You Love Me and then does a backflip. So if you thought you were not impressed, now you <laughs> should be. But Boston Dynamics does say the technology behind the new control capabilities is actually more difficult to master than extreme acrobatics. And again, we're looking at how this is actually a very complex task, and that is what the company does say and goes by. But again, the highlight for the robot performing these manipulation tasks does require a more nuisanced understanding of its environment than dancing, where the robot is essentially blind to its surroundings. Now, Atlas the robot is actually shorter than Omnia, with a height of 152 meters tall. I like this robot already. I feel taller next to him. What, that's right, 152 centimeters. Yeah. Meters. One point. Yeah. One. One. So that's yes. 152 centimeters. Yes. 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 Yeah. And mm. it does weigh more than Omnia, though, at 86 kilograms. Well, weighs more than me. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he's a heavy, heavy. Yeah, robot. he's a heavy boy. It's good though, especially yeah. if you want him to work in construction sites or factories. That means he'll be strong enough to carry them. Um, he also has 28 hydraulic joints. So what that means, it's basically very flexible like humans are. It has three onboard computers as well as a battery-powered electric motor for movement. Asymmetrical flips. That is what Atlas the robot ended up the video with. He actually performed an inverted 540-degree multi-axis flip. Mm -hmm. And Boston Dynamics, the company, they said that this flip is much more difficult than previously performed parkour moves because the twist adds asymmetry that does not exist in a regular backflip. Not only are the maths that he does more complicated, but in test runs, Atlas kept getting tangled in its own limbs as it tucked its arms and legs. And so this does showcase a long journey that he's been through so that he can go ahead and perfect that move. They're actually currently using all the strength available in almost every single joint on that robot. And the trick is right at the limit of what the robot can do. And so even though he is not commercially available, it's purely a research model. We are looking at him soon being commercially available, just like we've seen with his other brothers and sisters. Yes, just like his other brothers and sisters. Ladies and gentlemen, 4215, let us know you guys thoughts. We are taking a break and going to the sports news. But when we come back, we got a lot more tech news. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Ladies and gentlemen, what is worth a click and download? Now we're talking all about Messenger and how it's ramping up testing of default end-to-end -end encryption. It's very weird nowadays when we talk about end-to-end -end encryption because you would think that a lot of things are already end-to-end <laughs> -end encrypted. But Meta has announced today that it has started gradually expanding testing default end-to-end -end encryption for Messenger. And the messaging service is also bringing some of its standard features to end to end end-to-end -end encryption and end-to-end -end encrypted chats including chat themes custom chat emojis and reactions group profile photos link previews and even active status now what meta kind of markets as an achievement to me feels like it should have been a basic right long time ago and it's funny because a lot of people use facebook messenger on a day-to-day -day basis but they have no idea that their chats were not once end-to-end -end encrypted. Over the next few months, millions of users around the world will continue to see some of their chats gradually upgraded with end-to-end -end encryption, and Messenger will actually notify people in these individual chat threads as they are being upgraded. Meta does say that the process in which it selects and upgrades individual threads is random so that there isn't a negative impact on the company's infrastructure and users' chat experience. They do know Mm -hmm. that people want mm -hmm. a space to connect and they want to know that their conversations are private, safe, and secure. And that's, according to them, why they've built a team of talented engineers, designers, and policy experts who are all committed to rolling out default end-to-end -end encryption. The question is, why has this not been there since, you know, many years ago? <laughs> I mean, uh, you're 100% right, Omnia. I would like to believe that most of these chats are end-to-end -end encrypted and no one can just get in there and see what you're doing. But... We are looking at how they first did test end-to-end -end encryption all the way back in 2016 for secret conversations. And even last January, the company did introduce uh, opt-in end-to-end encryption group for chats and calls. So, again, uh, it's a very big question, just like Omni and I have been asking what is going on when it does come to Meta and when it does come to what is end-to-end -end encryption? What have they been advertising then before that? But... 
We also have seen that Meta has previously said that it does expect it to roll out to default into an encryption protection across all of its apps sometime this year. And the company has not provided a recent update on this timeline, but it does say it will give updates as it does continue to bring end-to-end encryption to Messenger. Ladies and gentlemen, 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts, but this does mark the end of Future Talk for today. And Omni and I will be seeing you guys tomorrow, same time, same place, only here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.